Hello, beautiful friends. Welcome to the Goddess Activation Podcast, where we dive deep into all things divine feminine energy, pleasure, healing, sensuality, and really living connected with our bodies. I'm your host, Nikita Anand, spiritual embodiment coach and Kundalini and Tantra facilitator. And if you're ready to remember, reclaim, and activate the ancient wisdom that has always been within your body, stay tuned. Hello, my love. Welcome back to the Goddess Activation Podcast. Today is a super exciting one. Today, we have the first ever interview on the Goddess Activation Podcast. And it's with my dear, dear friend, Marina Yanai Trainer. She is the compassionate somatic coach, and she helps people move through triggers, fears, doubts, and trauma through deeply powerful somatic and trauma healing practices. She is by far one of my top three favorite people to follow on Instagram. Her content is so easy to understand and so easy to apply. If you don't follow her already, do so now. It's at marina.y.team. And you will hear in this podcast how we mentioned the sacred healing magic retreat in Costa Rica. Before you hear us talk about it a few times, I want to share all the details here so you know everything. And when you feel called to join us and learn more, DM me or Marina on Instagram at soulcoachnikita or at marina.y.t or click in the show notes to get the direct link. So this retreat, we called it the Sacred Healing Magic Retreat as we are focusing on deep healing and transformational work. And Costa Rica is magical, like fucking magical. And we really wanted to have the word magic in the name, <laughs> um, to be totally honest. So that is the name. And it's from the 20th until the 24th March in Costa Rica, around three, four hours from San Jose. It's a five-day women's retreat to connect with your inner child and your sacredness and embody your wholeness. We focus on emotional healing, on nervous system regulation and feminine embodiment. So we are bringing in both Marina's and mine expertise and co-creating this sacred container. So we are focusing on a holistic type of healing. We are focusing on somatic healing, on healing from within and transforming and expanding into our highest versions of ourselves from within. We are diving deep into how to create safety in your body as you move through old trauma, old triggers through relationships, through growing your business, through growing up and becoming more the women that you want to be. How can you do that in a safe way where your body doesn't feel overwhelmed, where you are working with your body and not against your body? This is for you if you want to learn from your triggers and projections and learn new ways how to play with them. So not just, oh, now I have to work through this trigger and like do the healing work but how can you see it from a new perspective of play and fun and kind of having and having a whole new relationship with yourself and those things when they come up this is for you if you want to access and go into your deepest healing and transformation to fully step into your fullest potential and want to connect with beautiful like-minded sisters who are also on the same path as you 
both for Marina and I, creating a safe space in which to transform is the most important thing. If you don't feel safe, you will not open your body to really go deep. So we are creating a safe and supportive space where you get to fully focus on yourself for those five days where you don't have to check your emails and do all the things and take care of your dog and your husband and your child and this and that, but you get to fully devote to yourself and be immersed in nature. We have a 58 meter waterfall in our backyard in our backyard how crazy is it to even say something like this and throughout this retreat we'll go hiking and playing and dancing and sound healing and next to all these powerful healing ceremonies right so we are connecting with our relationship with our body and our femininity as well as all those other parts of ourselves Right now, we have a beautiful early bird going on with a reduced price and beautiful bonuses that you will love. If you want to learn more, DM me or DM Marina on Instagram at soulcoachnikita or at marina.y.t. And we cannot wait to welcome you in this sacred journey. And now on to today's episode of Secret Hacks and the Power of Nervous System Regulation and Somatic Work. There are some really cool hacks that I didn't even know that Marina shared with us today. So even if you feel like you know a little bit about nervous system regulation, I highly recommend you listen to today's episode. And thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. Enjoy. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to the Goddess Activation Podcast. Today, we have the first interview ever with my dear, dear friend and co-host of the upcoming Sacred Healing Magic Retreat, Marina Yanai Trainer. Welcome, Marina. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you for having me, my love. How are you? How are you feeling? Ah, I was a little stressed out by the Costa Rican Wi-Fi, but <laughs> but now I feel I feel good and I love podcasts and I love you. So I'm really excited to to do this together today. Mm, I'm so excited to bring you into this beautiful community. I always say Marina is the best when it comes to somatic work and nervous system regulation. Just so I'm just going to give you a quick intro to Marina, and then I'll let you introduce yourself. Marina is the compassionate somatic coach, working with people who want to experience more aliveness and deep transformation through a somatic body-based approach, addressing their stuckness, their triggers, and regulating their nervous system. Marina, how would you like to introduce yourself? I think that was a good, that was a pretty good intro. Um, I, yeah, I work with people through the body, just like you. Um, and I like also educating people a lot about the nervous system, about emotional healing to kind of help them make sense of it and how it works. Because so many of my clients and people in my courses and my community, they have, you know, a lot of emotional trauma specifically. Maybe they had parents who really didn't understand emotions, really didn't support them emotionally or give them the space to express their emotions. So a huge part of the healing work that I do in coaching is working on emotions, on understanding how can you actually, you know, feel your feelings and what is the process like if right now when you feel an emotion, you just want to distract yourself with food or TV or alcohol or whatever, because it's just way too overwhelming. So this is the favorite part of my work because I also, you know, struggled with it and still sometimes struggle with it. So I really resonate with, with all of that. 
Mm, yes, those things with trying to either push away, distract yourself, disassociate from different feelings. I feel like a lot of us can really relate with this. And we're definitely going to come back to childhood patterns and uh, something that you just started talking about. And before we get started, I want to ask you how you got started on this journey. And how long have you been in here doing all the personal development stuff and getting to know yourself better and better? I would say on like specifically on the personal development journey since I was 18 and now I'm 34. So it's been a while and I got started because I've had, you know, sometimes people talk about trauma in terms of little T and big T, which I don't love those terms. Um, but a lot of people have heard those terms, which means little T trauma are things that we normally don't think about as trauma. Um, like small everyday events that compound together and really affect us. And we can talk more about that later. And then big C trauma are things like um, sexual abuse and violence and um, car accidents and natural disasters and war and things like that. So I've had both. And in the beginning of my journey, I was really, really, really focused on the big T stuff because it was really obvious and it really affected my life. I just felt really frozen a lot of the time or anxious, like kind of going between frozen and anxious most of the time. And my family wasn't into like therapy or things like that. They really thought it was for quote unquote crazy people. Um, <laughs> but that's changed a lot actually now. But um, I guess I'm one of those crazy people. <laughs> so when I was 18, I went to college and I got therapy for free, which I was really lucky to do. And so since then, I was really like exploring a lot. Um of myself, my inner world. I really avoided dealing with my emotions for a long time and for a big part of that, but um, eventually got to that too. And even before that, you know, I was, I was growing up in Israel and I was doing a lot of work around the conflict between Israelis and Palestinians and just was like around a lot of trauma. And so I kind of learned how to be okay with being around trauma in a way. Um, people sometimes are really surprised, like how do you work with your clients when they're sharing really deep pain and crying and, you know, expressing emotions. But it, was, it wasn't really a challenge for me because I did so much work with the conflict for many years. And probably also because I was always kind of like my parents' therapist in a lot of ways. I was like a very mature child and and yeah, always was very curious about people's behavior. Like, why do people do the things that they do from literally from birth? Like, I always remember being curious about that. I see so much of myself in your story. Like, I've always felt like I was growing up really fast and taking care of all the people around me. Funny question. I didn't write, like, I wrote down some questions, but that just came to me while you were talking. You said you felt like, like you were always taking care of your parents and the people around you. Did you ever have a phase of realizing that you grew up fast or like that you forgot to play and have fun? Yes. I mean, I feel like meeting you was actually very helpful for that because <laughs> you have that energy like so strong of like being playful and pleasure and enjoying. But I have to say that 
I'm kind of in that phase now a lot. Like it's been highlighted, I would say, just moving to Costa Rica because I feel like this land is so playful and just seeing, you know, animals and nature and how everything is in nature is so playful. And so like, you know, animals don't think about time or things that they have to do. Um, So yeah, it's definitely that I feel like it's very challenging for my nervous system to just like enjoy and just get lost in something. And my family and like generationally, my grandmother, it really comes a lot from her. She was in survival mode for all of her life. And she kind of, kind of still is in a way. And whenever I ask her, like, what do you love to do? Or what do you enjoy? She doesn't even know. And so that, you know, I feel like it's so sad. And it's so um, eye opening. Yes, when I hear that. And also, it's so fascinating when I, I mean, this was always a thing we talked about. My mom, never smiled as a kid. Like literally, I think there's one photo of her smiling. And I talked to her about that. And she said that as a kid, like I really wanted to play, but unfortunately she, it wasn't like, she just didn't know how to do it. She was so used to being serious and like getting shit done and accomplishing tasks. And she's just, it's not her strength. So she never really encouraged it in me. And so like, I really really love my mature side, but I really, at this point in my life that I've regulated my nervous system so much, I feel like now I'm really ready to connect to my playfulness. Wow. I didn't know this story. I didn't know that. Mm, Yeah. You just started saying the words, you regulated your nervous system so much. Can you give us an introduction? What does regulating your nervous system mean? Yes. Yeah. And I would say, by the way, like the other day I posted a post, something about like how your traumas are actually also can be, you know, the greatest gifts and the greatest even sources of pleasure. And a lot of people, and I knew this would happen. Like a lot of people said, are you saying that you're expecting me to believe that my uh, sexual assault experience is my greatest pleasure? And it's really, it's really, you know, I kind of knew that was going to happen because if you would have told me that years ago, I would have gotten very triggered by it. And I, I think it's, our journey is just so interesting, like how it evolves and shifts and changes. But I feel like the very first thing, and this is ongoing, right? But it's, it's really important when you're starting out kind of working with your emotions and your sensations and connecting to your body, the moment you start doing that, you discover a lot of your trauma because that's where it lives in your body in connection with the vagus nerve, which is our longest cranial nerve, which connects our brain to all of our internal organs. And so 80% of the information actually travels from our body to our brain. And so trauma gets stored in our body. And that's why if we've all had trauma, right? So I'm going to put that out there right away because people say, ah, I have trauma. And I'm like, uh, yes, you do. Like every single human does. It's part of the human experience. And some of it is, like I said, you know, those things that we think about when we think of trauma, but also, you know, 
not having your needs met as a child or a baby, not being seen, not being emotionally attuned to and met, having parents that were constantly really busy, um, no boundaries, like so many of these little things that we don't think about. And so what happens is when you're one years old, like, of course, your conscious brain doesn't have this, there's implicit memory and explicit memory. Explicit memory is like, and I hope I'm not getting these mixed up because sometimes I do, but um, explicit memory is like, you know, what's your name? Of course, you know, it's your conscious mind, but your implicit memory is basically the memory that gets stored in your body. And it's literally from the moment you're conceived. So, and before I would also say, and there's even science behind this. So it gets stored in your body. Your brain doesn't remember. So if I ask you, do you trust me? You'll say, yeah, of course. But maybe deep, deep in your body, you don't. And that's because of traumas that you've had, maybe in your birth, when you were born, maybe your mother had a miscarriage before you and she was really, 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 really stressed during the birth process that registers in your body. And all of this lives in our nervous system. So regulating our nervous system means if you often find yourself either like super anxious and you stay there for a really long time and you don't know how to get out of that state or you find yourself kind of like collapsed and shut down and withdrawn and it's really hard for you to connect to people. Maybe your body feels numb, things like that. If you stay in those states for a really long time, you can work on regulating yourself, meaning staying in those states for less time and coming back to feeling safe. And some of my clients say, I don't even know. And I've had a lot of clients like this. I don't even know what you mean by feeling safe. Like I never feel safe. So part of our process is also establishing what does that feel like? What does it feel like to feel safe? And it might be a new concept, but the beauty is that our body knows this. Like it's always, even if you, if you don't, if I ask you and you're like, I've literally never felt that it is part of your human design to feel safe. So it is somewhere in there and you have access to it. It's just about working again on that nervous system regulation to where you start feeling really safe in your body. So really releasing the past few years or decades of memory and what has happened in your life consciously, like in your teenage years, in your childhood, in your 20 something years, releasing the conscious memory and tapping into the things that you think you don't know, or like you don't know that you don't know, but your body remembers like things that happened when you were conceived. That blows my mind that the body can remember that. Totally. I agree. It, it really is mind blowing. And uh, we find this out because we get really triggered, right? We get triggered in different situations. And in that moment, we realize that, huh, that's interesting. Like something feels stuck. And that stuckness, it's being, sometimes we call it being stuck on on or being stuck on off. Like I have a client who always talks about being stuck on on and how she just feels so filled, like constantly buzzing with energy, which this is where I also say like trauma can be a gift because you're buzzing with energy. Like you have a lot of energy that energy can be alchemized into different things. That energy can be exhausting 
and constantly doing, 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 doing to avoid the pain underneath. Or that energy can be consciously used to create, to transform, you know. So that's uh, coming back to our retreat. That's a beautiful, really important thing that we'll be doing in our retreat is to really work on safety and how does it feel to feel safe and what can we do when we don't feel safe, which is when you're triggered and you look around and there's no lion chasing you and there's no armed robbery and you're actually physically safe, but you feel really unsafe inside. This is where your nervous system is dysregulated. And from that state, we can't do anything like no strategy, no, you know, conscious mind tricks are going to work if you're feeling unsafe because your body is meant to help you feel safe. That's the first priority to help you survive. And so, you know, you can think about it. Like if you're in the savannah and there's a lion coming, you're not going to be like, oh, I really want to find the love of my life right now. Like, no, you're going to be like, how the hell do I get away from this lion? So we can learn really incredible tools to remind our body that there is no line. And we can't do that by me telling you there is no line. And some of those triggers can be feeling abandoned, for example, feeling rejected, feeling really excited. Some people forget, like a lot of pleasure can be a huge trigger. Feeling connected to someone, like someone is really loving you and you can do everything in your power to push them away because you are triggered because when you were little, connection was equaled overwhelm. It wasn't, it wasn't easy to connect. Like for me, connection often feels really, really overwhelming. For example, if I'm arguing with my partner and he like looks me in the eye and he loves to do this and he's like, let's talk about this now. And I'm like, I literally feel like you're about to kill me. So we are not going to talk about this now um, because my body feels really, really, really threatened. And because I've learned to really feel that and know when it's happening, I can also say now is not the time for a conscious conversation. So those are some of the tools and practices that you're going to learn in our magical, magical retreat. Mm, and the next thing I want to ask you is before I, before we dive into the different nervous system states is a lot of the people in my audience, and I know in yours as well, they're not necessarily new to nervous system regulation or new to somatics in general. But what I often hear from my clients is that they've been doing this work and they still feel stuck. They still feel the same thing coming up. They still, 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 like they often use the word still, and they feel like they cannot break free from it. So what would you recommend for those people who feel like they know a little bit about this work, but they still feel stuck? Do you think they get to learn more about the different nervous system states and maybe that will support them? Or what else would you recommend for them? It's in the practice. If they understand the nervous system, that's awesome. And that's like a really good base, but it's really, really in the practice um, because our nervous system is like a muscle, right? So when you think about it, if you're like, I've been to the gym three times and my muscles are not growing, then I would say, keep going to the gym, right? Keep practicing. And it's the same thing. So right now, for example, I'm running a five-month program 
because I really wanted to see that gradual shift and transformation. And when I think about the amount of hours in that program, which is pretty big, and I think about the amount of hours in our retreat, which is really cool how we're going to be spending so many hours practicing and learning these things. So for me, for example, when I first started going, doing somatic experiencing therapy, within 10 minutes, I was completely asleep because my nervous system was so stuck on off. It was so stuck on shutdown and dissociation. So it was really challenging and it took me a long time to really widen the window of tolerance because so the window of tolerance is this window that we have where things can happen, you know, challenges can occur and we, it's not like we're like, Oh yeah, I'm challenged. This is so great. But we feel like I can do this. I can handle this. I can get through it. It's okay. And your window of tolerance can get wider and wider, which is really, really cool. So for example, if in the past, someone rejecting you made you literally go into like three days, you know, someone, this is, this is B I'm speaking about here. Um, it made you go into three days of like laying in bed and being like shut off from the world. Um, maybe as you continue to practice with different techniques, for example, one of my favorite techniques is called pendulation, uh, which I talk about a lot and it comes from Dr. Peter Levine. And that's something we can use to widen our window of tolerance. So I used to practice that a lot actually around rejection. And now it's not that I don't care when I get rejected. I definitely feel it in my body, but it lasts for maybe an hour, two hours, right? It doesn't last for days. It lasts for a couple hours and then I can get back into my life and the trigger has passed. My body returns to being in the ventral vagal state, which is present, you know, like in my window of tolerance, like I'm good. Everything's okay. I feel safe. And so um, that's really the trick. Well, that's the first thing is really keep practicing. Do not give up. You know, it's really amazing, amazing for me to see the difference in me, like moving to a new country, it was still very, very, very challenging. And I knew it would be because as a kid, I moved twice, very, very traumatic uh, moves. So moving here was still very triggering, but so different. It's like a new human has experienced this move. So our nervous system is flexible. It is able to shift and you, you just need to keep practicing and you also need to find the tools that work for you, things that regulate you. And every um, period of your life can look different. For example, when I moved to Costa Rica and I was really shut down for a whole, like for like two months, I found that being in water was so good for me. So I would like sit in the pool because we don't have bathtubs here in the house, but I would just sit in the pool for several minutes and just really feel the safety of that. And that's not something I ever did before. So when you, when you start to connect to your body, you can easily start to find the things that help you regulate. So that's the first thing. The second thing, which I would say, I think this is one of your questions that you were going to ask me. So maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's kind of like an important secret or 
not a hack. It's got, it's funny to call it a hack because it's the opposite of a hack, but it's something that people don't really re- realize or talk about in the personal development industry. They talk about the opposite, which is slow down. And what I mean by that is in order to make progress on this stuff, and I would argue like literally anything in your life, whether you it's your career, your relationships, your uh, finances, like literally anything in order to make progress and like shift your stuck points. I fully, fully believe that you need to always stay in your window of tolerance. So I'm going to give you like a very practical example of what that looks like. When I got injured from working out because I was in constant anxiety and sympathetic activation of my nervous system. So to match that, I would work out like crazy and push myself really, really hard and be completely dissociated from my body and like numb. So I wouldn't actually feel that it was too much for me. So I got injured in my my back and literally for a while couldn't walk, but then I got back to just walking and I decided to walk really slow. Like I used to walk so fast, no one would be able to keep up with me, but I started walking really, 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 really slow. And I could feel that those slow walks were actually unbelievably dysregulating. So both of the things I was doing, like walking really, really fast and doing everything extreme was dysregulating. And then walking really, really slow was dysregulating. So in order to stay in my window of tolerance, I started kind of walking at like a medium pace. It was way slower than I used to do things, but it was also, you know, felt okay. Like I felt like this feels nice for my nervous system. I don't feel anxious doing this. So basically whatever pattern or habit you're trying to change. Let's say you're trying to say no more to people. Oh, let me actually give you an example from a client that I'm working with right now. She is always in go, go, go mode. And she, we kind of did this visual, her goal kind of right now is to get married, to meet someone, to fall in love, to get married. And when I asked her, when we did this visualization of meeting like the love of her life, I said, what do you feel? And she said, excitement. And and after the visualization, I said, do you feel excited in your life right now? Like, honestly. And she was like, no. (laughs) I was like, okay, well, here's the thing. You need excitement in your life in order to bring this person who will match that excitement. He's not going to create excitement for you. It's going to be inside of you and he's going to just match it. So let me see your day. You know, let's talk about your day. Like, let's look at that. How does it look like? Is there room for excitement? And basically we found very clearly that she's always doing, 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 rushing from one place to the next, like super, super extreme. And so I explained to her, okay, if I was to tell you like, quit your job, And then you'll be so like still, you know, you're not going to be rushing and you're going to have room to get excited. That is going to feel impossible, right? That's like, uh, I'm not doing that. And because for my nervous system, it feels like such a jump. But what do you think you can start to do that feels manageable in your body? Like when you're connected to your body, do this thing and it feels manageable. And she decided I'm going to go on my lunch break outside. I'm going to leave all my notes that I have to do and all these things I have to fill out. And I'm just going to be outside in the sunshine 
without my phone and just be there. And that was huge, right? It seems really small. And I don't only, of course, work behaviorally, right? But this is behavior that matches your nervous system. So it doesn't feel like too much, but it is like a tiny uncomfortable step outside your comfort zone that feels really manageable. And this is how we create change. So I know I talked a lot. Let me know if that all makes sense. That makes totally sense because we as society often do things in extremes, right? We have learned things to do things in extremes. Like when you want to lose weight, lose all the weight at once and like do all the crazy diets. I mean, this has been like five, 10 years ago, but still, we still see this mentality pop up when you want to build a business, you know, like go all in and build your business in two months and have 10K months. Everything in society especially from like the the masculine way that things have been done in society, we have been taught to do things in extremes. Go from A to B immediately. Don't, don't even be on the journey, just do it, right? And what you're saying is to actually meet in the middle, meet halfway and slowly expand to your goal, right? Like if you want to feel excited and want to feel in love, how can you bring that energy and bring that feeling into your life now and don't necessarily have to go out looking for it in someone else or something else, but first find it within. And it's okay if you don't find it within yourself today or tomorrow. Like it's okay if it takes a few weeks or months or even years. Exactly. And I think that that is also a skill. Like most people who come to you and tell you I'm still stuck, I'm kind of betting that they haven't really honed in on this skill Because like you said, exactly, like our world is built that way. And also, and this is something that we'll also be um, exploring in the retreat, because I know for women, especially, it is such a huge theme, which is the good girl. Being Mm. the good girl, like, I know it's very strong for me. I'm curious, Nikita, also about you. And I know that all, literally all my clients are like this, like <laughs> just needing to do everything perfectly, everything to the max and for everyone to love me and to please every single human in my life and never to say no. And it, it comes in in such sneaky ways and it really dysregulates our nervous system to the max. Like, we have no boundaries, literally. And we're always giving, giving, giving. Our energy is always going out and nothing is coming back in. And so when we do this, like when we do things to the extreme in any way, it ends up in dorsal vagal, which is shutdown, which is, oh my God, I'm so tired. I can't, I can't even move. Like I can't even function. I'm just crashing. I'm just done because we're overworking our system. So what I'm sharing is it's not just cute and fluffy. It's like science. Your nervous system cannot be, you know, completely outdone. Like it's just, you're going to crash. You're going to come to burnout. And I have experienced it and I have so many clients who experienced it. And so this is a skill that you get to work on, which is how can I pull back? How can I pull back? How can I pull back every day? How can I take five extra minutes to sleep? How can, and it's uncomfortable, right? 
again, I don't want you to get like super uncomfortable. I want you to get slightly uncomfortable and practice pulling back because for a lot of us, the discomfort now is not resting. The discomfort is resting. I mean, really look at nature, right? I mean, when we, in places where they have seasons, winter to summer and spring, it doesn't just happen like in one hour, right? Like the dead trees slowly start to get some leaves again. The leaves start to grow. They get more green again. Like it doesn't just happen from one day to the other. Or I'm not a mother yet, but when I look, when I hear from other mothers, either my clients or people I know or on Instagram, everyone keeps sharing that it takes time to like, of course you have the mother and father instinct within you, but you don't know from the beginning onwards what you're doing with that baby and you get used to it and you get used to that new sleeping pattern or not pattern, like the lack of the pattern with the newborn. All of these things in nature take time. We as humans, we are nature and we have I mean, it's crazy to me to think about like New York City or even walk around here in Zurich. All the things that are man-made, I mean, this is not nature itself, right? And as humans, because we have become so used to being in this man-made digital world, how can we create space to learn from nature again? You shared that in the beginning that when you moved to Costa Rica, like you you were triggered first <laughs> and then you learned a lot of things from from Costa Rica, the land itself and from nature. And when I do all the feminine embodiment work and there as well, right? Like we have been so much in the masculine energy that now my clients want to be in the feminine energy immediately and ASAP. And trust me, I was the same. But we get to transition into more feminine ways and include more of our feminine nature slowly, right? One day at a time, one ritual at a time. And what you were sharing with the retreat, I mean, being immersed in this deeply transformational vortex where 10, 15 other women are in the same, on the same journey with the same or similar intentions where you get supported, that might be one of the most transformational and supportive things I've ever experienced. And being guided through, I mean, in the retreat, there's, we have like three ceremonies per day. So you have lots of time to gently, but also a little bit uncomfortably widen your window of tolerance and thus move into the embodiment of those things that you desire, be it love, be it self-trust, be it receiving more money in your business, be it um, rising up the career ladder. But when you do it with the body instead of against the body, that is the most sustainable way in not just getting what you want, but actually keeping it. Would you agree with that? Oh, hell yes. Uh, my biggest stuck point was my business. And I was so focused on like finding the answer from outside and even, you know, finding the right coach. But in the beginning, it was like finding the right strategy. And it just felt so unattainable because it felt like the answer was always somewhere far away in the ether that I don't know how to access. And it's so funny to think about it now because honestly, the way that I do anything in my life now is my nervous system. Like exactly what you said, being in tune with my body because our bodies are geniuses. And I tell every single one of my clients, like, I am not coaching you. I am just literally 
like listening to your body and, and helping you listen to it. That's it. Like your body is leading our sessions. And I always remind my clients that. So when we do somatic work, what's so amazing is that every single person is different. Every single person has different capacity and capacity is such an important word because even with money or with love, it's like, how much can you hold? And if you, there's so many teachers out there that I've experienced that have pissed me off, quite frankly, because they are like, push yourself, hold more, feel it. And I'm like, no, I can't right now. Like, I'm not there. I can't hold more. And I have to do it slowly. And even with making money, it's like, feel that you can hold $1,000 for a while until it becomes like, yeah, of course. Then 2000 3000 like, feel that you can, you know, hold... Uh, let like I literally tell my clients let in one percent of support right now into your body now a little more a little more and we're just like expanding it a little more all the time and I promise you that the external reality is always mirroring your nervous system so if you're like I want to make this much money and your nervous system is scared shitless to do it it's never going to happen it's just not going to happen. So you have to really be in tune with yourself, which is so amazing because that means that we get to make money or we get to have a relationship or we get to whatever it is that you desire in a way that actually feels really good. And people tell me like healing work is so exhausting. And I'm like, okay, yes, yes, it, it is work. It's work. And it is sometimes uncomfortable. And at the same time, it actually teaches you to be listening to yourself and to actually live your life in a way that feels good. That's my biggest lesson. How can I live life in a way that feels good? And I'm learning it every day and I'm getting better every day. Isn't it so funny how life always shows you, gives you, creates the life around you for where you're at? Like if a lot of us like we would love to receive a few millions i think all of us would be very open to that but the fact is most i don't know i would freak out nikita i would literally have, i thought about it the other day like, i imagined making like a million dollars and i was like holy shit <laughs> like I, I can't like i don't have the space you know that is literally what i just wanted to say like and I mean, you have the awareness, so you're like, I think I wouldn't be able to handle it. But a lot of people might not even notice. They would like the idea of then buying all the cars, houses, clothes, I don't know, donating. The idea of that sounds really good for them. But the fact, oops, the fact for most people is most of us would not be able to hold it. Like the energy, like money is energy and that would be too much for us. Like, like you said, like you would freak out. You wouldn't know how to like, what do you do now? You know? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, one last thing before we keep going. When you started talking about the good girl, um, the good girl, right? That is always asking for permission, asking permission to be accepted, asking for permission to say something, to do something for all these things, right? Like it really reflects the the journey of the maiden and the journey of First, looking for self-worth and trust in yourself, in other people, right? Why do you want permission? Because you don't trust yourself enough yet. And maybe you are aware that you're trying to ask for permission by overworking, overextending your boundaries. But for a lot of people, they're not even aware of it. They're asking for permission 
but they aren't even aware that the lack of self-worth and the lack of self-trust is underneath that pattern. Yeah. And I would say, I know you and I have talked about this, the fawn response. Um, The fawn response is in your nervous system and it is kind of like people pleasing, but sometimes we forget that people pleasing is a survival response. So it's not just like, oh, just stop, just say no, because your body believes that in order to survive, you have to say yes. And that's really important. And that means that probably when you were little, you had to give up parts of you. And I think we all did. We all at some point had to give up parts of ourselves in order to fit in with our parents, you know, in order to stay connected to them. And we got this message. Again, this is all subconscious. It could have been when you were literally like two years old crying and you got the message or even the feeling in your nervous system. It it didn't even have to be in words. You felt in your nervous system from your caregivers that if you don't stop crying, they're going to be mad at you. And that means they're going to disconnect from you. And that means potentially not surviving, right? Because we need, we need them. We are so vulnerable at that age. So what do we do? We learn, oh, okay, don't cry. Don't cry in front of people or just don't show all of me, like suppress, suppress parts of myself so that I can survive and I can stay connected. And that takes a lot of work to work through. And yeah, it takes a lot of nervous system capacity to be able to start saying no. Um, I know, like, for example, my inbox is always like packed with people asking me things. And I used to like, just leave it, like read it and leave it unread and read it again and leave it unread because I didn't want to say no. And now I just know like, this is such a drain on my energy, even that simple thing. So if I have the intuition that no, it doesn't sound really good, I just say no, thank you right away. Um, So that, you know, that's just a simple example, but there's so many ways that we can practice this. The other day I told my mom, that I would love for both of us to ask each other for permission uh, before we share something heavy. You know, like, do you have space right now to hold me through this intense emotion um, or intense story? Because sometimes we tend to dump on other people and sometimes we get emotionally dumped on when we don't have the space. So that's just another example of how we can work through this good girl pattern. Absolutely. This is a really important one. And when you said that you just say no, thank you in your inbox, I mean, this is also service for the people, for the person who messaged you, right? Like if I imagine messaging someone and that person just doesn't respond to me, but I do see thread, I'm kind of like, like, okay, now I'm at a point where I can just like leave that alone. But Initially, it would feel like, why isn't this person responding? Like, it would hurt a little bit. But when you just say, hey, I don't have the capacity for this, or I covered this in this course, or in my one-on-one sessions, or wherever, that is just like stating the clear container, and also stating your boundaries, stating how you work with your energy. And it's like the clear communication, which I love, which sometimes for a lot of people is triggering, right? Like if you've been overextending yourself for years, if you've been 
white lying yourself through life, which I mean, everyone has at some point. If you've been doing that for all of your life, now being brutally honest with yourself and also the person in front of you in the beginning might feel hard and then it will feel liberating. Yes, I love that. That's beautiful, Nikia. Okay, what nervous system states have you not covered and would you like to give just a quick introduction to? Yeah, I think we covered them all. I'll just talk about it really briefly. briefly. So we have the three nervous system states, ventral, vagal, again, that's being socially connected, present um, in our bodies. Doesn't mean that we're perfectly happy, but we are present and can deal with whatever is going on. That and it's a ladder. So then if you get triggered, you will always go to sympathetic activation. Even if you don't notice it, you go into fight or flight slash anxiety. It can even be for a brief second. And then after that, when that's kind of not being resolved, so there's a threat and there's no resolution, we will go into dorsal vagal, which is the shutdown, collapse, dissociation, freeze. Those are all kind of like variations of dorsal vagal. And then we also talked about the different states in terms of fight, flight, freeze, fawn. So we just talked about fawn quite a bit, and I find that fawn is almost like being stuck on on and off at the same time because inside there's a lot of rage and anger and wanting to do something differently or to speak up on the outside we kind of look frozen and shocked so it's it's kind of both and then we have fight or flight which i think most of us are aware of that uh it feels like anxiety in the body it feels like a lot of like a rush of energy it feels like, uh, you know, a heartbeat that's heightened, uh, a surge of blood to the external organs that are ready to fight or flee. And then freeze, which is almost like the opposite. It's like just being totally shut down, maybe numb in your body, like you can't even feel your body. Maybe you feel the sense of collapse, loneliness, hopelessness. So that's kind of an overview. Perfect. Thank you. And the last two questions for today before we wrap up today is, do you have any other or any additional secret or facts about somatic work, nervous system regulation, anything that you want to share? Yeah. So I shared the one about going slow. That's really, really important. I'll share some, some keys, I guess, to my work that I've discovered in the last few years. So going really slow and noticing, like really celebrating how you have shifted in small ways. For example, something that was really triggering for you in the past is becoming less triggering in your body. Um, and the more you do, well, the way that I started, and this is kind of, kind of a hack, I would say, I would sit every single day sometimes for five minutes, sometimes for 10 minutes, sometimes for an hour, and just notice my sensations in my body. And it's really, really, really important, whatever kind of noticing that you do in your body, that you do it without an agenda, and that you do it without judgment. So, oh my God, I'm noticing that my heart is racing really fast right now. What is wrong with me? Shifting that, and I do a lot of self-compassion work, um, is, you know, is so important and being able to say, I am noticing something in my body that feels like a fast pulse. 
And we almost, in a way, like remove ourselves a little bit from that thing. And we, by doing that, it might sound a little cold, but it's actually the opposite because by doing that, we realize that we have a self energy and this, this is um, inspired by IFS and our self energy is so much bigger than any sensation that we have in that moment. And our self energy can actually hold like all parts of us and all sensations that we're experiencing. So that's really, really powerful. Um, there was something else and it, it just slipped my mind, but I'm sure. Oh, yes. The, I feel like the biggest thing for me was actually noticing how much childhood affects your life including when before you you remember you know and i've already mentioned this but it's so huge one of the exercises that i'm pretty sure we're going to do at the retreat and i've done this with clients and it's been like literally it's been insane like the results that people get is through somatic awareness and and i do something i don't know if this this is a thing or i made it up but i do something that i call somatic affirmations so instead of saying like i am happy i am falling in love like like affirmations to manifest something what i do is i will say to people the thing that they really want for example um i am meeting the love of my life I feel really connected. I feel really present. It's easy for me to connect to people. All these things that they kind of need in order to meet the love of their life, for example, and then notice your body. And if you are struggling to meet the love of your life, most likely you're going to notice in your body a sense of stress. That's what you're going to notice. And it's going to be so powerful to actually feel that, you know, just like we were talking about the million dollars, like, my heart is beating really fast. My stomach is like twisted, all these different things. And I, I will also do this with clients around their childhoods. Like, so for example, I would say my mother and I connected easily, or my mother always met my emotional needs. Like these kinds of statements, as an example, to notice your body about what's happening inside of you when you hear that. And another one is like different little stories about babies. For example, a baby cried and cried and no one came. Like when I hear that to this day, I feel nauseous. I feel like I feel a lot. So I know it's part of my trigger. I know it's part of my story and it's very, very telling. And what's so cool about somatic work also that I want to share as kind of a hack is that if you're just aware, but not in your brain, in your body, like you notice the emotions, you notice the sensations, that is enough. That is enough because more and more insights will come to you. And from there, suddenly the things that felt very, very safe to you, like always saying yes, will be questionable. And suddenly over time saying no will become your new safe place. So that's really, really cool. And I was thinking about the last thing that we kind of didn't cover today very much, but it's going to be a huge part of the retreat is emotions. So I said in the beginning that, you know, emotional healing is one of the biggest things that I do with clients. And I know you do too. And it's because our society 
just really has no clue about emotions and how to express them and how to feel them. And we make emotions like we make other people responsible for our own emotions, which is uh, which I used to do for a really long time. Like you make me angry, make my anger go away. It is your job. Um, Or no, I'm not angry at her because she didn't mean to do it or it wasn't her fault. So I'm not angry, but it's like, no anger it lives in your body it has nothing to do with other people and there's you don't need a reason to feel it so those are i don't know if they're hacks but they're definitely things that will change your life when you start to learn how to create a relationship with your emotions and how to express them your emotions by yourself in your own space in a way that allows you to feel free in a way that allows you to move the energy. And we're going to be doing so many unbelievable, incredible practices and tools and ceremonies around this in our retreat in March. And we really want you there because it's going to be life-changing. What I love the most about group experiences, I mean, even in person, right? Like we have been disconnected quite literally the past two years. So meeting in person is revolutionary to say the least, but being held in a group and doing these powerful practices in a, like when I did my previous retreat in July in, in 2022, this year, in the first ceremony, in the welcome ceremony, half of us, more than half of us were already crying in the first, it wasn't even the first hour of like, talking and moving and breathing. That is the power that happens in this in this field of people who come together and work with these powerful practices, modalities, teachings, and, and, and ceremonies. Okay, last thing, last question. What, and we often hear like, what would you say to your inner child? I don't want to ask you that. I want to ask you, what would you tell A, your teenager self, and B, your 21-year-old self? Actually, you picked two ages intuitively, my friend, that were like the worst. So both of those ages, the teenager self and the and at 21 were like the hardest years of my life. When I was a teenager was when I felt super, super lonely. I was suicidal. I was in a really sexually and emotionally abusive relationship. I won't go into the details. Um, not to trigger anyone, but just kind of sharing about how I felt. And when I was 21, I went to study abroad in Australia uh, by myself. And it was really hard. Like a lot of triggers came up and yeah, it was really hard times. What I would say is, oh my gosh, I would just like hug that girl. That's it. I wouldn't even like, I feel like all she needed was like a huge hug and to be like seen, you know, um, and and just to feel loved and for someone just to tell her like, you are not going to feel like this forever and it's not fair that you feel this way and it sucks and you deserve better. Like, really, that's what I would tell her because she was going through like hell truly. And it only got better from that point on. So I would tell her like, it's only going to get better. I promise nothing's going to knock you down the same way. So I feel kind of lucky that I got my shit storm out of the way at that age, because 
you know, whatever, I am sure I'm going to have many, many, many more challenges in life, but they're always going to feel less terrible than that one. Mm, thank you for sharing my love before we close today is there anything else you want to share invite into and where can the people find you first of all where can people find you yeah the best places on instagram and i uh share a lot of helpful you know tools tips eye-opening info all of it so definitely check that out um at marina.y.t and I want to share about our incredible retreat. That's what I want to share about. I'm so excited about it. I am so grateful to come together with you. You are so amazing. And I had the pleasure of working with you myself as a coach. And I know how much you bring to this world, how much we both bring. And I just feel like it's going to be the most healing experience. Like right now I'm in the midst of a five month group program, as I mentioned, and I feel like I am healing so much from it as well. So I know that it's going to be the same. Like I know that this container that we're going to create for five days, it's going to be so sacred and so healing in relationships, in friendships, in romantic relationships, with money, like in every possible way for both of us and for everyone who's going to attend. Oh, yes. I am so excited for this Costa Rica retreat with you. It's so funny. We have hosted a workshop together in January 2022. And all the women who joined were blown away by not just the teachings and the practices that we did with them but all of them said like we need to create something again together and a few months later or more than half a year later here we are creating this retreat so i want to share just a little bit about this retreat and what we will move through and what you will experience so you can get an idea we called it the sacred healing magic retreat Basically, it was because we'll dive super deep into transformational work, into healing work, into expansive work, and connecting with your inner child, connecting with all the different layers and parts of you and your body. And to set the container, I mean, you are the expert in somatic work and in nervous system regulation. And I dive deep into feminine embodiment and tantra. And I've shared before, somatic work and tantra has a lot of similarities. There's actually a lot of practices that are literally the same, just that somatics is a little bit more scientifically proven, quote unquote. And what just blows my mind and amazes me is how they work so well together and how in Tantra, like this, these teachings, this wisdom has already been found hundreds and thousands of years ago before we had today's science. So in this retreat, focusing on really coming back to your wholeness, embodying your wholeness, embodying you, all of you, all of you that you desire, and coming back to your heart, to your body, to fully trusting yourself and loving yourself with ease, releasing the baggage, releasing the weight that you've been carrying on your shoulders for the past few years. It's a five-day retreat, but because it's in such a sacred container, so much can happen. Beyond our mind understanding how we can shift, transform so fast with certain things because we are feeling so safe in them first. 
So our topics include inner child healing, sensual embodiment, nervous system regulation, introduction to tantra and trauma and emotional healing. And we are immersed in the Costa Rican jungle. So we are quite literally all around us. It's just the Costa Rican jungle. And we have a 58 meter waterfall in our backyard. Did you hear that? We have a 58 meter waterfall in our backyard. Like how crazy is it even to say something like this? And we have created a whole page with all the details on the rooms, on everything that is included. And we have an early bird special going on right now. So if you know you want to be with us, if you want to learn more about it, click on the show notes or DM us at marina.wipe.t or soul coach Nikita on Instagram and we'll send you the information right away. We are so excited and honored to welcome you soon in March in Costa Rica. Ah, yay! I'm so 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 looking forward to it. It's gonna be such a beautiful, beautiful experience. Me too, my love. Thank you so, so, so much for taking the time and to be here with us on the Goddess Activation Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We would love to hear what your favorite takeaways were by DMing us at Soul Coach Nikita on Instagram. If you would leave a five-star review on this podcast or share it with your friends and family and in your IG story and tagging us at Soul Coach Nikita, that would greatly help us spread the message and reach even more people. If there is anything that you wish and desire for us to cover in this podcast, please DM us at Soul Coach Nikita on Instagram and we will try our best to cover it. Sending you so much love. XOXO Nikita.